0: Hello everybody and welcome to the GMS Magazine podcast. This is the interview room. Usually, usually it is the board game or the role-playing game interview rooms. But today's just the interview room because the guest I have today, uh, Laura Hoffman, is from Game on Tabletop, which I think would be a very good person to have around considering the recent controversy with Kickstarter and their union-busting or not, as the case may be, tactics. If you haven't heard, uh, there's been some controversy because some employees of Kickstarter decided they wanted to have a union started procedures. Whether it is for good or bad reasons, the fact is that the Kickstarter management is not keen on the idea and they rather have a different solution than having a union. Now, considering that we are talking an American company, that is not too surprising. The US of A is not the king on unions for a very long time, even though in Europe we have a very different approach to the whole topic. However, that has divided an awful lot of People and an awful lot of opinion including people who have decided they do not want to continue working or supporting projects within Kickstarter. Mind you, even Kickstarter staff has asked that we do not boycott the platform just yet because if we do so, let's face it, the creators are going to be the people most affected. So what is the issue now? I think this is a very good situation and a very good position to study what else is out and about. What is Kickstarter's competition? I'm not keen on monopolies and let's face it, Kickstarter is slowly becoming one because it's just too large. It's the one with the most visibility and is by far the one with the widest audience and reach and the problem is not that the problem is that anybody that is not them is a lot smaller they have the vast majority of the market whether it is because they have done it really well or because you know they have the loyalty of a lot of people who worked with an awful lot of projects in the last seven or eight years so i thought Let's reach out. Let's take a look at Game on Tabletop, which is a crowdfunding platform that specializes specifically just for games. Whether it is board games or role playing games, they have developed this website just for us. And I like the sound of it because Kickstarter, good at platform as it may be, it has some issues for people like us. It has some issues for creators who want to do. Uh, projects like board and role-playing games, so they're trying to, you know, narrow that bridge and you offer some tools that will be useful for uh, that, uh, you know, our tribe, our creators, and our backers. So uh, Laura is the spokesperson. And I wanted to ask her an awful lot of questions, which I had to cut short because I was getting carried away with the things that I wanted to know. This is a longish interview that I hope you will enjoy. Uh, before going into the interview though i need to ask you a little bit of a favor please remember to subscribe to the podcast if you are a regular listener and please 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 if you can leave us a review in itunes or whatever way you listen to it which i would be very interested in finding out where that is other than itunes so please leave us a comment in twitter or facebook or whatever it is that you interact with us because that would be very much appreciate it and since you're at it please take a look at the youtube channel where we are releasing an insane amount of work right now and we would love to have you there and and share this podcast Uh, share the love we need we need people to know that we're here me and martin are here and doing some hopefully cool stuff so uh, thank you very very much for your support and i sincerely hope that you enjoy this interview Laura, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very, very much indeed for coming um, and being with me today.
1: Thank you, Paco, for inviting me and having me here.
0: Oh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure because I am so curious about the company and how you do things and the way you're doing things. But we have never spoken before. This is this is a first for us. So I am unaware. I I, I don't know how um how you answer questions so i need to make sure that you know how to answer questions so uh, i i have five questions to ask you to to know to, to get us in the swing of things a little bit so um first thing i would like to know is um this is a very important question by the way um a tea or coffee
1: oh gee i, I absolutely hate coffee <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, Um, you're out, so that's absolutely fine. Um, Second question is the beach or the mountain?
1: Uh, So that's a question that I was asked very recently, and I was really like, I don't have a really definite answer to that, but I definitely um, prefer the calmness of the beach to a very crowded tourist, uh, sorry, the calmness of the mountains to a very um, crowded tourist beach. So I'd, I'd, I'd go with the mountains, but it definitely depends on... Where and with whom I'm spending time.
0: Okay, that's that's a good one. Um, cars or motorbikes?
1: I I don't have a driver's license for either, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd say I just wander by foot. But I okay. uh, I really love the sensation of motorbikes, even though okay. it's not me driving.
0: Okay, no, that's fine as well. Um, <laughs> now, these we're getting a little bit more into the you know nitty-gritties of of, of of gaming. Um, Fantasy or science fiction? Um,
1: Fantasy, I've explored that much more, but I'm really starting to dig uh, science fiction as well. It's just a topic that I've discovered much later on. And so um, I'm still, yeah, really exploring and discovering that one.
0: Okay, so uh, to be decided. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And last, uh, but not least, uh, zombies or vampires?
1: Oh, vampires.
0: Okay, good. I like you already. <laughs> <So that's> <laughs> <exciting>. <laughs> okay, let's talk um, Game on Tabletop. Um, the company has not been around for an insane amount of time, but you people have been around long enough to have accrued a fair amount of experience. Um, tell me about the genesis of Game on Tabletop. Uh, where does it come from, and what do you do?
1: Yes, very good question here. So, very good question to start out with. Uh, so, indeed, Game On as a brand uh, hasn't been around that long, but um, the idea and the solution and the tools that we've built, they originated from a company called Black Book Editions, who is uh, French, France's uh, number one role-playing editor, publisher um and they created they w- wanted to to launch crowdfunding campaigns back in 2013 um when it kind of like came up and it became something popular but back then there was no crowdfunding uh, uh no kickstarter uh, in uh, in France that was available because kickstarter was still very us focused and uh, not yet in every european location and so they said hey we can just build that on our own platform and that's what they did Um, And then that really turned out super well. The first of their own projects went really well and then other French publishers started using it and then Ulysses Spiele, a very famous German publisher, started using it on their end in Germany and so it kind of like developed from that. And then in 2016 Black Book Editions made their own test on an international product that they brought to an u.s audience and so they used kickstarter because their website was only available in in uh, french back then and so figuring out and learning about how that kickstarter concept works in the sense of that you have to have different steps you have to have a pledge management uh, solution afterwards that you are paying extra for that you have to invest time and resources in that it's going to be set up and worked out and and all of those limitations and um and and functionality lack that was so key to what Blackboard Editions was already used to using in France, kind of like drove them, Okay, now we better understand why so many other publishers are reaching out to us and asking us if they can use our platform because there is an actual need and there is an actual uh, space for something that's really dedicated to the gaming industry. And that's when they said, hey, we want this to be an invitation to any publisher who really wants to work with a a gaming company and work together on the solutions for our industry. Uh, Let's make this an international project, let's make this a project that's not only for role-playing games but also for board games, tabletop, overall uh, of that category. And that's when Game On was born. So that launched back in 2017, -2017. mid-2017, it was launched under the name of Game On. Currently, we're still a brand of that that initial publisher, but we have an independent team that's working on Game On, so um, it's working on the website and all of our projects that's there with the project managers to help them create their pages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, and so that's, that's how we started out back in th- 2017, and over the last years, we've We've learned a lot, we've improved a lot, we've uh, opened up possibilities for late pledges and pledge management, and we've revamped big parts of the website and added more functionality. And we also really learned and gathered a lot of feedback from our publishers about how do these needs look like and how can we make um, an even bigger difference and how can we bring things together um, and work all together to find that solution for a tabletop uh, industry. Because one thing that's sure is that crowdfunding has become a real sales channel mm. for tabletop games. It's here for now, it's gonna be around at least a few more years in this sector. It's, the, it's so strong, it's growing rapidly everywhere. Um, and so having a tool that supports the industry and understands the industry and having people supporting and working together, can only be beneficial in the long run for everyone who enjoys this hobby.
0: Absolutely, yes. Um, Of course, the comparison with Kickstarter, although it's not something that I want to focus on, but they are pretty inevitable because um, it it is safe to say that... um, the gaming industry owes an awful lot to the existence of of Kickstarter in the last few years. Um, What are the lessons that looking at Kickstarter you were able to say this is something that we have to do better or that we have to offer that's not being offered yet that we need to build this platform on? Um, So
1: the biggest point is what actually... What we realized that we actually built without comparing it to any other platform out there. We built this system because of a logical way of uh, doing sales in this industry. Um, And it was later on when we actually realized that it didn't work the same way on other platforms, that we understood, hey, we need to get this out there. We need to give other people the opportunity to use it as well. And that's the fact to have one single tool tool that combines it all. To have a tool that allows you to do beautiful crowdfunding campaigns and have everything look nice um, but also uh, and very importantly to have the entire sales process integrated into this one single tool Um, so where on any other platform you will have uh, reward levels or perks that people will be purchasing and then they might be adding maybe additional funds to say that they later on will cover add-ons or shipping or things like that on game on, all of those steps are actual steps you will confirm before you're checking out. Um, and so there's a total transparency for the backer, obviously, so they get they know what they're actually buying. They don't have to have any notes and and remember that when they come back two months later into a pledge management system. But more importantly, it allows the project manager to know what they have sold. They have a real time view of their data. They know which items people are most interested in, they, they can really adapt to these sales. Um, and it allows them to be much, much more efficient, and obviously also to save a lot of time, uh, time that they would be spending otherwise, setting up an additional pledge management system, setting up um, invites, uh, dealing with with all of these people that need to come back, and then once they don't come back, um, <laughs> which which just always happens and um, so that's like the, the the one of the biggest functionality wise aspects that we thought hey this is something this industry needs there are lots of other things that we believe in they should just be logical like for instance stretch goals are actual things on game on so you're not like uploading manual images you just set them up at the beginning and then they will unlock for you and that can happen at 3am in the morning and that's fine you don't have to get up and and do any manual tasks there Um, and then the other part is obviously as well um, is okay we want to be close to our industry and we want to help them and we want to help have the whole industry grow and we don't want people to be there and be alone and be overwhelmed by what it means to do a crowdfunding campaign because a crowdfunding campaign is basically a roller coaster ride Um, Mm. and if you're all alone out there it can get really scary and, and it can get really messy and that's and so many people have been going through those same common traps that always come again, like not figuring out shipping, not uh, thinking about the actual costs of your items, um, and and lo- lots of these bits and pieces that come together. And we don't want them to be alone out there, and we want them to uh, feel that we understand and that we can connect and that we can build around that and um, and try to build a system on the long run where we will have less and less projects that might fail just because they didn't, they didn't. Uh, nobody told them about the very common tra- uh, traps or mistakes that can be made. Um, and also they are like, if something happens that they didn't think about, they don't have anywhere they can actually turn to that actually cares. And we come from the point of view is that the success of our projects is our success and obviously mm. we don't guarantee anything and we don't run the project on behalf of our project managers but if ever there's something we can do if there's some some something we can help to figure out or um, a recommendation we can give them then obviously that's beneficial for us it's beneficial for them and it's obviously very much beneficial for the backer and the gamer in the end
0: that makes perfect sense to me um, now building on that let's let's play a bit of a role playing game here let's assume that i am somebody who is going to create you know who is thinking about doing a, a project in in the not too distant future and i decided you know i look at different platforms i look at game on and i approach you as a company what would be the first thing that would happen what would be the experience like for me as a creator
1: Um, Yeah, so the experience is when you are a creator and come to Game On for the first time. uh, So so obviously lots of the people that we work with, we might also meet them at a convention or something that sort of first experience might be a very personal one. Um, But if you're just really browsing, looking at different platforms and come to Game On, you can then request a uh, project manager uh, access. And that's like a, a small form that you fill out a bit of information that gives us like a bit of details. What are you looking for? Is it pledge management or not? Are you coming? Are you coming for your first project or have you done loads of them already? And then you pull that out and then that comes to us once we receive that. We will go through, see if, if your account's account seems to have all the information that we need and we will approve your project. And then one of our project support managers will get in touch with you. They will send you an email and say, hey, welcome to Game On, um, we're happy to have you here and feel free to reach out to us with a schedule that would work for you because we'd be happy to, have, to schedule a Skype call or a regular phone call and go through where you're at what your project looks like and how can we best help and then basically that's where the story starts and that's where the story splits in a thousand different ways depending on the project manager we're talking to um, because yeah everybody's very different and we try to adjust to that and try to provide as much or as few uh, input that's needed
0: so if you have people who are going to advise me on what the project should be like who's going to take a look at the text and make sure that everything is okay how far does that advice and that level of support goes for for my campaign
1: yeah so obviously uh, we start from the point where product managers, um, will be uh, will be setting up their own projects and they will be uh, running their own projects. We our basic functionality is being a platform and a facilitator. Um, now, obviously, like uh, we will, if we have that first initial chat and we see anything that we can think of that might make things e- easier, or if there are any specific questions, we will be happy to answer those. Now, we don't do uh, like uh, really in-depth uh, project uh, reviews uh, internally yet. However, we do go through your project to see how it is set up, to see whether it makes sense. We try to catch as many um, um, mistakes that could be made, whereas the system is kind of is really robust already. So most of the time it guides you through and there are also uh, um, tutorials and stuff like that available that can help you to figure out a specific aspect of it. And then we will uh, uh, approve at the end. When we approve that, we will go through the campaign, like I said, once and make sure it all makes sense. It's not, we won't necessarily read all your text. We won't uh, necessarily check all of your images. Um, So it's still up to you to build a great campaign. However, If you reach out to us and tell us that this is your very first campaign and you're actually looking to work with someone who can give you more input about strategy, we then have either internal services that we can uh, offer you or we can direct you to some people we've been working with that are campaign consultants and are also dedicated in that um, and can support any project manager out there.
0: What is, and I've realized that this is going to be a, a Pretty hard question, but what is the ethical benchmark of a game on tabletop for the kind of games that you would allow to have in your platform?
1: Obviously, we don't tolerate anything that has like a racist or sexist character to it, or that that displays any heinous information or content. We do, however, uh, don't are we? We obviously are open to projects that are a bit different, right? Um, so. One of our partners, they made a uh, role playing game supplement that talks about love and things like that. And we will work with them that everything stays uh, friendly and um, available for mi- minors, obviously, on the website. But we're not, uh, yeah, we're not necessarily picking out uh, every project on, on, on specific topics. We're trying obviously to keep this uh, a very safe spot and um, a safe environment for everyone to come to and to enjoy and to enjoy gaming in that sense. And that it's nothing yeah, that has any heinous messages or um, yeah, any other political statements in there. Uh,
0: what, what are the safety measures that you have from that point of view? Can people um, uh, report projects that they see are problematic, and if they did so, what are your internal procedures to deal with that sort of situations?
1: Yeah, so obviously uh, people can always report projects to us, they can just uh, reach out to us about anything and we will uh, treat that uh, as quickly as possible, obviously. Uh, so we've actually never had the, um, the situation yet where a project was too, was too offensive that we wouldn't be uh, allowing it on our platform. We've had um, uh, projects, it's more about, okay, uh, that we try to figure out, okay, what do the people try to achieve with that? Um, is this the right platform? And that's that's kind of like independent whether about the content is, we always look at the project and we always say, hey, does this make sense on Game On? Or does this make sense for you? Are you targeting the right audience? Are you targeting, uh, are you there yet? Is your project ready yet? Um, and then we will give a uh, feedback feedback there. Obviously, um, it can always happen that something goes through our loops as well, even if you try to be as attentive as possible. But we always listen to uh, um, people that would reach out to us and and issue any concerns about a project that might be live and then assess that internally and with, with the project manager.
0: Good. Now, um, okay, so we've we've gone through the uh, getting to know you. uh, Okay, I'm going to use GameOn as my platform. Uh, What is the editor like? Um, Because having used myself three different platforms with three different editors is the one thing that really drives me absolutely bananas, because there isn't or well, at least I haven't found one that's really flexible that allows me to do what I want with the interface of, 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 the, of the project itself. How does yours work?
1: So, our editor is uh, uh, for the campaign page is um, a pretty extensive what you see is what you get editor. So, that means that you can uh, modulate most of the things the way you want to. Um, so, it's it's quite open in that sense. You can even go into the source codes and play some basic HTML and CSS. So uh, some programming blocks that allow you to do some specific actions, like your custom font or your custom um, your custom color, if you wanted to look more like your project and stuff like that. It's um so that's really extensive it does come with uh a, another side to that which is um okay you're on the internet and obviously we can give you allow you a lots of options to make your site look pretty and look exa- exactly like you wanted to but it also means that you will need you will be confronted with what the actual web is like so um we don't auto format and everything for our um for our product managers, so obviously there's a basic formatting, but you will need to work on your images, and you will need to try to resize them uh, to have uh, quick loading speeds. Uh, to work through all of these aspects in there, so if you really want to build something more elaborate, it will be more, it will, it will take you time, but mm-hmm. at least you can do it. And good. in addition to that, we are also always happy to work, work with you on that. Like, something we do often is when people have a very long campaign page, we will just pull them up some anchor anchor links on top. So it makes like a menu. So people have like quick jump ways to go to different sections and things like that. And so if you don't know how to do that, but you, can, you see it on a different page, well then feel free to reach out to us. We either have like a code snippet we can give you or we'll figure out a way to set that up with you as well. So um, it really depends on what you want to do. If you're doing just a very simple project with some a couple of images, a bit of text and it basically works like any other editor, but if you want to push it further, uh, you definitely have more options there, um, at least for the campaign page, but also in some extent for everything that's like product descript- descriptions and, and and the like.
0: Does uh, allow you some uh, multiple choice as well. For instance, if somebody wanted to have a uh, pledge for a book that wanted to come out in both Savage Worlds Pathfinder and uh, uh, 5e. Um, do you have a multiple choice where, whereas in doing just one pledge you can choose which one of the three versions instead of having to have three different pledge levels
1: yeah yeah that's that's either so there are two different ways to that this can be done there's either through variants so variants can be anything like language choices or sizes or colors Mm -hmm. there can also be versions um and it could be like the looks bundle or which adds an additional amount so uh so you get all three of them for example um, or you select which one you want to get. Or if it's really going to be like one pledge level that contains a choice of three and the person is supposed to select one of them, and then that would be, that would work through our, what we call slots. And slots is really just, you have a pledge level, you give it an amount of money, and then you uh, assign how many slots you have in there and what value is attached to them. And then they get to select which items they actually want to receive there. So that's totally possible.
0: Uh, Is there also multi language support for the projects?
1: So what you can do is you can have variants that make language selection. Currently, we cannot yet um, duplicate the entire campaign page. However, what we can do is build in blocks that can be dropout blocks and contain information in different languages um, and make it less cluttered up than instead of having everything in there. And multi-language support for the campaign page is something that we will see coming up. Um, But yeah, I don't have a release date to, to announce yet.
0: Okay, so it's one of these um, future things that will happen, but it's, yes. it's hard to predict exactly when. That's that's indeed fair enough. Um, one of the things that I uh, also see in, in the website that you do, which I think is absolutely fantastic, is to differentiate and separate what is the money that comes for the project itself and the money that goes into the shipping. How do you handle that for international shipping? Because I can imagine that would be easier for something like, you know, um, shipping within one particular country. But if you're going to do international shipping, how is that handled?
1: Um, So for shipping, we have one big shipping table that people can um, modulate the way they want to. And basically that shipping table contains all the countries of the world and dispatched in different uh, regions and then in different continents and different groups, basically. Right. Um, And then people can add weight limits. So there will be um, as GameOn integrates, I, I just have to go a bit, a bit further, further because I to explain everything. Um, as GameOn integrates the whole pledge management system, instead of waiting for after the campaign to detail things like your products, you will start by detailing your products. So we will start to line out, okay, I'm gonna have a book and a game, and I'm gonna have a poster and a bookmark, right? And you will list all of these as different items, products, and then you will give them an estimated weight. And then what GameOn does is it pulls that order together. It looks okay. They t- it took this reward level, and they, in this reward level, they have uh, product one, two, and three. And in total, this gives me the total weight. Mm-hmm. And then you can specify different weight limit limits in the shipping table, and the system is gonna pull these out. So it's gonna look okay. Your your um, your order weighs five pounds, then it's going to look, okay, five pounds, uh, you're based in the, in the US and you're based more specifically, for example, in California, then it's going to pull out that specific um, number that you put in for five pounds in California. And you can modulate that in the way that you want to. So you can have the same shipping weight for uh, the whole whole US, or you can have a, a, diff- a different value for each single state. Um, and you can really adapt that depending on your needs. And obviously, that's a table that you can either set up manu- manually, but if you want to really get into detail, you can also just download and re-import a CSV uh, spreadsheet to, uh, to make this an easier step.
0: Okay and that evidently comes with an inherent risk and is that if you charge for shipping today uh, one never knows what can happen in the next you know seven eight ten months while the game is finishing production. How would you handle, how would the project handle a for instance like um, this uh, issue that we're having in the US with uh, uh, trading wars and fees racing from one day to the next because people are doing stupid things how how would the project manage that if, if there was a change of circumstances unpredictable but unavoidable
1: um, yeah so that's obviously a tricky question I mean there's no perfect answer to that either um, I definitely believe that it is a big big benefit for people to check out everything and that you lose less people by uh, and thus less money by checking out everyone right from the start than by dispatching those in different steps and Charging uh, the product at one point and then charging shipping at a different point because it just means that you have to re-invite people and then you have to re spend that time and that research there as well. And some people will never come back, and might come back five years later, and <laughs> and yeah. cause you a lot of work as well. So on Game On, you're not, you don't have to charge shipping right away, but it's okay. definitely what I would 100% recommend in most cases.
0: Well, to be, to uh, be honest, I mean, as a, as a as a backer. I would definitely go with that and I agree with you because what I find incredibly annoying is that when I back a project I know I have the money to back it so it's not an issue at all uh, so uh, another 10, 15, 20 dollars is not going to make a difference to me at that time but later on if my circumstances change to have 25 or 30 dollars to pay for shipping that I wasn't counting on having at the time it could be problematic so yeah I think that charging yeah. at the, at the initial is way way better
1: it is and and um and also it's really i mean a lot of people don't come back a few years later and that's a real issue for people because you have to either refund them or keep the stock until they they get back to you and so that's a big issue i see there the other part is also that um For me, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, indeed, you never know what might happen. Uh, Your shipping prices are gonna increase probably if you send a year later. So you can try as best as possible to factor that in from the start. But you should also always calculate that you have enough funds and that your money raises a high enough margin that you're able to cover a potential, like a potential risk of having, yeah maybe five percent of it, uh, additional shipping ca- costs that you didn't that you didn't charge for so i think that's also an important the lesson for people right from the beginning yeah don't forget about shipping i mean i have a lot of people like when they ask me to go through their campaign i will see like one single shipping shipping cost for um the rest of the world for example and have just like the us or one european country specified and i'll go to them and i'll say hey Keep in mind that yeah, you specified thirty dollars there because you um you went from the the assumption that most people will be from the US, and if you have like one person that's from Singapore, it might not be very important. But then in the end, you will end up with that person from Singapore it will cost you maybe two hundred bucks because mm. from your where you're sending from, it's just the most expensive option, and there's, it does make sense for you to send to a hub over there. Um, and so I think uh, that's that's what's important to uh, for people to understand right from the beginning. And that's what we try to also work with them on. Um, get your shipping figured out from the start. Um, keep also in mind that it might change and that you have to account for that like from the rest of the margin that you might be making from your project. Um, and then also, um, we are also trying to make backers understand real shipping costs because sometimes we get backers that are like hmm, that project really charges high shipping costs and yes. we're like yeah they do but at least they will be able to deliver deliver to you because that 40 kilo package that you're receiving is not gonna ship itself and it's not gonna be free and There is a specific cost and it might be difficult for you to pay all of that. But in the end, it's it's a real choice is whether you want to get your items to be delivered or you want it to be a disaster just because you had free shipping. And and that's definitely something that we try to educate backers about and also project managers about shipping is a real deal. Don't forget about it and try to work that out as soon as possible.
0: You know, I, I bet you anything, and I probably, I bet somebody has already done these numbers, but I bet you anything that the biggest money drain for projects and the reason why an awful lot of companies end up losing money is because they miscalculate their, their mm. shipping costs, uh, either yeah. because they don't realize how much is going to be from China to the US and then to the rest of the world, or how much is actually going to end up weighing the the game after the stretch goals. Uh, I bet I bet that shipping is an insane burden on an awful lot of people. Yeah, it
1: definitely is. That's why with and the the first part is obviously that we allow them to actually detail the shipping costs for their orders. So whenever they add a a new add-on, it might increase the shipping weight and so people will be paying more. Um, That's the first part we do. The second part we also do to alleviate about that is that On does not charge uh, any commission on the shipping costs that backers are charged. So if the project has like, okay, it has its funding goal and then Game On charges its final commission on that. But if 10% of that just goes to the shipping costs, uh, what they charge from their backers, Game On is not taking its cut out of that because we are aware that shipping is pure cost <laughs> and nobody should be making any margins on that. Um, and also in addition to that, so it's, it's definitely one of the big subjects that we are very sensitive about it. And that we are also building more tools around it. There are no tools they're not yet uh, uh in testing so i cannot show anything about that but there are tools that are coming up to handle shipping waves there are also tools that are coming up to handle the the actual issue okay hey you have to you didn't account for that but suddenly you will have to send out in two ways how do you how do you manage that how do you charge at that point just for a portion of your order for example if ever that happens or like it could be with the tariffs that some projects just wouldn't be able to to handle them on their own. And so those are things that we are sensitive uh, um, to, and those are things that we are working around and trying to provide as many solutions in the long run that we can.
0: Okay. Now, uh, considering that I am based in, in Spain, if I wanted to do a project with you, where would my bank account have to be based? As in, uh, what is the international support that the you have right now for people outside France and the United States? So
1: money-wise, um, uh, the first thing to know is that when we connect with our project manager, we always connect directly with their payment solution. And so the two main payment solutions we're working with are Stripe and PayPal and I would definitely always recommend people to use Stripe for crowdfunding projects. And and so what happens is that we will connect through a a webhook with your actual Stripe account. And so you would need to set up that account with Stripe and, and be approved by them and then money will transfer directly to that account. So as long as you're one of the countries that's managed by Stripe or PayPal, then then you will be able to cash in the funds that go through game on secure securely anyway the only other part is depending on the location location you're at we might not yet have an interface in your language available and we might not yet have really reached out to that region not really have things in place there yet so Whatever happens when you're um, like, uh, yeah, I know I'm talking to like Finnish people right now. So what we will do is we we'll are not just simply say, hey, come and use the platform. We'll also say, hey, we want to understand what are your specific needs? How do payments work in Finland? What do you need um, from from us as well? And build up, build up a, a solution that's stable for any location we might not yet be, be uh, present in.
0: Okay, um, I have two questions regarding accountability. Uh, one is, how do you react or what is your stance if a project funds, but after a while would say, I cannot fulfill this, it's, it's the whole thing's gone bust. Uh, wh- what would be your position if something like that were to happen?
1: Um, so obviously, Game on is not to be held responsible in any way for any projects uh, whether or not they're fulfilled. However, mm-hmm. any project manager that accepts and agrees to use our platform and accepts and agrees our uh, terms and conditions also accepts and agrees the fact that they have that they that they have to deliver, um, all of the promised rewards uh, that are tied to the project and if they are unable to, that they offer a, an equal, unequal um, alternative to their backers. So obviously they have to sign that. Obviously it can still happen. Um, and we cannot take any responsibility in there even though um, we feel sorry for anyone that might not get their item. But what we do uh, in that case anyway, even though um, sometimes there is not much we can do, but we will reach out to the project manager and we will give them a call and say, Hey, apparently you're not able to deliver. What is the problem? And is that something we can maybe help with or uh, find a solution together or put you in touch with someone? It has not it's not always possible. We don't always have the magic solution, but when we have it, we will definitely feel uh, Free we we will definitely reach out to the project manager to try to put that up and and figure our way out and very very interesting interestingly, so um, we've had very few projects that have like unfulfilled um, reward so far but it has happened and initially when it first happened I was really like oh my gosh so I would really love to be able to do more and I cannot and it, it means kind of like the end for that company and the backers and that's really sad but what I've learned is that sometimes in this industry it just takes time so we've had projects that have really announced that they wouldn't be able to fulfill anything and then either they got like huge community support or there is a new solution that came out um and and built up and they did figure out a way it took longer but they did figure out a way and that's something that really struck me and really impressed me and that's something um I, I definitely believe in Is I think as long as we try to work together and try to figure out things, a, a lot of things are possible. Um, and as long as we as Game On can support something, we will definitely, will. even though we cannot guarantee anything, sadly, on behalf of any other project manager.
0: Um, The other question about accountability that I had is, uh, and this is, uh, by the way, based on on experiences that I've had in in Spain with uh, projects from other companies that have tried to do these things. Um, Let's say that I have a project and I I fund it in a different crowdfunding platform and I run out of money and I'm going to go to Gaiman to run exactly the same project, but in a different country to try and gather the funds that I need that way. Uh, is that allowed? Are you are you allowed to duplicate the same project in two different uh, platforms uh, to get money from two different sources at two different times?
1: So, you would, uh, we don't, yeah, we don't prohibit having the same project that ha- might have already been on a, another platform, on our platform uh, as well. However, we do not accept it, obviously, for a project that has not, delivered and has announced that they won't be able to deliver. Mm -hmm. But then again, um, sometimes uh, it, it wouldn't be something that we would be made aware of or that we would have any ways of being aware of. Uh, obviously, if someone reaches out um, and has any like proof or something about that, that how they announced that they wouldn't deliver or things like that, we would definitely react and take that into consideration. Um, it's obviously not allowed to do that. We are not a platform where you can run run a scam or try to gather additional funds if you have unfulfilled. Project out there and we will also close down accounts from project managers that have unfulfilled projects on our platform but it's a really really tough um tough question because it's so it depends on so many factors and uh, a company that runs projects a different platform does not necessarily mean that it that they don't have the funds to deliver. It just means that they sometimes want to reach out to different audiences and work with different people. Mm-hmm. And so it's not something where we say, hey, this project ran somewhere else already. We, we don't want to have it. It's more about, okay, um, we try as best as possible to figure out upfront, whether or not um, this is for the right reasons. If ever that would happen, that it wouldn't be. Then we would close down a project obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, so far it hasn't happened.
0: Good. Let, let's hope it never does. Um, yes. right, um, we, we need to go a little bit, because I know that we're talking an awful lot, and I could be talking to you for hours, I can tell you. Um, but um, we need to go a little bit into visibility. Um, evidently, and this is something that we, we do have to compare you with, with Kickstarter, because they have an insane amount of visibility. I mean, one of the reasons an awful lot of people, and this is something that um, Federico Sons is, is mentioning at the moment in, in Facebook. One of the reasons that people use crowdfunding is not just to get the money, but also to use the platform as a marketing tool to reach out. And and whether we like it or not, uh, Kickstarter being the biggest is the one that has the, the largest r- audience and target. Um, What is Game on Tabletop doing to increase that and offer a really cool alternative and and a really cool tool as a marketing tool, not just gathering money for creators?
1: Yes, Uh, that's obviously a very good question as well. Our number one point, obviously, was in the beginning, okay, hey, we are a great platform. We offer lots of solutions for project managers. And we also know that a big, big portion of the people that come to your crowdfunding campaign come to your campaign because of who you are and what your project is. And we've seen that personally, and it's actually something you can also look at um, even through the current trends on Kickstarter. the big projects that fund are generally the big projects that have made a lot of noise in before or are the projects from pro- project managers that are, and publishers that are already very well known. So obviously they have a recurring audience that comes back and supports them. It's also the trend you see more and more is really the first two days become so, so important and that also shows, hey, those are the first days where the product manager has the most noise and everybody commits to them. And those are not necessarily the days where any platform pushes a project the most because it takes some time for it to uh, to really be visible in there. Now, obviously, an uh, in- inbuilt uh, audience is also very important, and we at Game On are already super proud about the more than 50,000 backers that we have, which is for me, it's already a, an, a, an incredible number, right? Mm. 50,000 backers that are gamers, just gamers, and, and also backers at the same time. I think, uh, yeah, that's something that I'm personally already super proud of. It's nothing compared to the um, audience that, for instance, Kickstarter has, and that's obviously true. Our big t- take here is that we want to work More there as well. So obviously we have things like where we will send out a backer newsletter that goes to, out to um, our backer bases. Uh, we will do some social media shout outs and we also want to build more and more media marketings and build more visibility through maybe events and uh, through the conventions that we are present uh, and building that connection. And then also uh, in the same way that we are building the tools for the project managers We also try to build the tools for the run for the backers to make that experience even more exciting, to give them a way to also manage their participation, to also feel like that we actually are able to give back to them because in the end, um, they're the ones spending the money on the on the projects and not only the money but also the support and the trust that they give the project managers and so that's one of the big axes that we are currently uh developing on is okay what kind of incentive can we give to the backers and there are some things that are coming up over the next month and obviously on, on the long run as well um and build that connection stronger uh, on that that end, but then again, it's also really amazing to see how that community grows. It's also really amazing to see how invested and how um, loyal they are. That we have people that have backed fifty projects easily. There are people that back everything. That people that back languages uh, projects in three different languages is just amazing. And so we have a great community uh, that's already existing. And that I was there to back the games out there. And then again, yeah, um, it's one big part is that we can do as much as we want to. But the number one reason people commit is because of a project and because of a project manager
0: um what physical presence is is your company going to have at conventions and where i mean if people because i personally i feel it, it is quite important when somebody can talk to somebody else and when you can be in places and, and discuss with people and get ideas and mm-hmm. sell a little bit uh, what, what's your physical presence going to be in the convention arena
1: okay Um, Yeah, so we go to a couple of uh, conventions already every year. So, for instance, this year we've had a booth at Gen Con, we've had a booth at um, UK Games Expo, we've had a booth at uh, Festival International in Cannes, France, and we've been present at uh, conventions like GAMMA, we will be in Essen next week, we will be in PAX Unplugged, we've been to Origins. We are, yeah, we are dispatched quite a bit on different conventions. It's not always the same conventions where we will have a booth every year. We kind of like rotate um, mm-hmm. around to uh, depending on what what the possibilities there are. And so generally that allows us to have either a booth to get a bit more traction, to get more people that will see us. It also allows us sometimes to host project managers that cannot um, be present themselves on a convention or um, that have just that just was, want us to display a game that's currently alive. So we've done that before. We've shared booth, booth space as well at some conventions where that is possible. And it also allows us obviously to connect directly with the people. So even the conventions we don't have a booth. We reach out to the people we already work with, but also to new publishers and new people we might want to meet with. And we give people the opportunity to book a meeting with us uh, to get us to, to know us in real life. We sometimes do some events in the evening or stuff like that uh, to get together and to connect. Um, yeah, so we are pretty uh, easy to get of a hold, hold of physically if you are at any of the big major conventions and everybody is always welcome to come visit us in, in in our hometown, which is Lyon, France.
0: Oh, lovely. Also <laughs> oh, love the place. Absolutely adore that place.
1: Yes, it's a beautiful city. You're always yeah. very welcome to come over here. Um, yeah. but then, And then again, I mean, a great way, thanks to the internet, is also reaching out, having a call with us. Uh, so we have uh, project support managers that are based in the US. So it's easy for any time zone scheduling. And then we have people that are in Europe and can do the same over here.
0: That sounds absolutely excellent. Right, to, to end this, uh, this interview, give me the one reason why people should go with game on tabletop. Just the one, if you can have the time to just tell people one reason to go with you, what reason would that be?
1: Uh, the, the one reason, I would say, the one reason is because uh, we want to build the solution for us as gamers um together with the gaming industry right game on is crowdfunding for gamers by gamers and that's the one reason the top i think i would say
0: sold right (laughs) Right, time to chill out a little bit now because we've been at it for like 49 minutes now, which is yes. um, insane. I could I could keep going. That's the thing. I have so many more questions to ask. So maybe we should have you bag at some point. But um, okay, let's let's go with yes you uh, no. Let's just go into a zen sort of um, frame of mind. So I have three three abstract questions. So there's no right or wrong answers, um, and uh, there might not even be answers. Who knows? Uh, these are magical questions. Uh, first question would be. Uh, what's the best advice that no one has ever given you?
1: The best advice that no one has ever given me? Oh, that's a good question. Um, um, I think the best advice that no, no one has ever given me is uh, trust your instinct. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah.
0: okay, that's a good one. A uh, second one would be What's the best mistake that you would like to make again?
1: and uh, the best mistake it's it's funny because i never really see a mistake as a mistake uh afterwards right i don't know if you if you get what i'm saying and i'm like for me it's just an adventure it's it's a part of of what i've i've learned i think the best mistake um is sometimes taking a difficult choice uh, either personally or professionally speak, speaking having to separate from someone but um but taking that as a risk um and then a step forward
0: okay and last question imagine that you have a time machine and uh, you can go back in time and you meet your 10 year old self and you say to your 10 year old self do not do this what would this be
1: oh there's nothing i'm i'm definitely i just i just think everything every encounter i had in my life made me to who i am uh, today and i'm pretty happy With the way life is. So I think just, I would say to myself, just close your eyes and let it all go and go forward every day, one step, step after the other. And you're going to learn a lot of things.
0: Sounds very good. Laura, thank you very much indeed for, for being with thank me today. Thank you so much, Taco. This has been absolutely fantastic.
1: Yes, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you very much indeed for being there. It is truly and genuinely appreciated. Please remember to leave us a rating in iTunes or whatever it is that you're listening to this podcast. And remember that you can always get hold of us on Twitter. I am at GMS Magazine. You can also email us, podcast at gmsmagazine.com. And you can join us in our Facebook page, which you can find just searching by GMS Magazine. And we would love to have you around. Take a look at our YouTube channel as well, where we are releasing an insane amount of videos right now on role-playing games and board games as well. And some of those videos are going to make it to the podcast format very, very soon indeed. The intro music is London Caves by Astral Doors and the outro music is Omega Boost by Shade. Thank you once again for being there and until the next time you again